Hey everybody, welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week we take a movie from our past and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia, keeping our high praise of classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How are you doing, hon? Okay, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired. Well, you know, it's an exciting day for us. The The hope today is we, we get our first round of one of the available vaccines. We have our appointment booked for this afternoon. I mean, this podcast won't air for a couple weeks, and but the, the goal is that today's the day. Yeah, I, we, we should talk about it more in absolutes and not that let's hope. Because well, I, my anxiety tells me we're going to show up and they're going to be like... No vaccine for you. My anxiety didn't exist until you started being anxious about it. I'm anxious <laughs> so, about everything. I know. Our child is staying the night at your parents and I'm anxious about that. Mm-hmm. Everything's a mess. Like that's that's my life. It's that's anxiety, baby. Yay. So anyway. So anyway, since we have to go do that, we're gonna get right into it. We're gonna get right into the yeah. show. Gotta bingo bango. Let's get this done. Boo boo boo. That's right. So this week we will be talking about commando which originally hit theaters back in 1985. They hunted him down. You know, Colonel, we went to a lot of trouble to find you. They murdered his friends. And they took the only thing he would kill for. If you want your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. Now, somewhere, somehow, Someone's gonna pay. Do you think that he's going to give us any problems? He'll do exactly as he's told. Last and wait, you fellas. You're a funny guy, Sally. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Are you gonna tell me what's going on or what? No. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. What are you doing? Helping you get her back. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Major. You did. I lied. If it's a mission no man can survive, he's the man for the job. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Commando. Let's party. I can't even think of some sort of Arnold Schwarzenegger-esque rewind music. You know it would have been great? Terminator-type. Music. Do, 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 do. Is that it? Is? That's do, the Terminator do, music. Yeah. Do, do. There you go. That doesn't still doesn't work because this is a Terminator. Yeah, but it's still Arnold Schwarzenegger, and we're going back in time. Okay. Do sure. do 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 do. Fix it in post. No. It, you anyway, made mistakes. So we're mistakes going back to going October, to October 1985. Okay. You were <laughs> a year and a couple months old. Yes. Um, nine months old. Yay. It's October the 2nd and Russian party leader Gorbachev visits Paris for the first time. It is actually his first trip abroad. That's fancy. Yeah. Yeah. On October the 7th, Lynette Woodward is chosen as the first ever Harlem Globetrotter. Hey, Harlem Globetrotters. They're fun. So far, there have 13 women Globetrotters. Damn. You know what? I met a Harlem Globetrotter once when I worked back in the radio industry. Yeah. And he taught me how to spin a basketball on my finger. And I can still do it, although maybe two out of the three times I jam my fingernail first, which isn't fun. But I can still do it. Good job. <laughs> On October 15th, the Space Shuttle Columbia carries Space Lab into orbit. You know what? It just goes to show you that the second you said Space Shuttle Columbia, I thought you were going in a completely different direction. No. I know. I purposely picked positive things, except for this last thing. Oh, not a lot happened on October 1985 mm-hmm. that wasn't bad. Okay. But like even then, nothing was like too crazy. But just for, I would say, because we all know who Rock Hudson, Orson Welles, and Yul Brenner are. Mm-hmm. All big classic names. Mm-hmm. They all passed away in yeah. October of 1985. I but it's still, it's to put the time in context of what the world was like this was the big news at the time right yes no that's that's fair that's yeah. fair when you were like these are bad things I, I assumed considering how bad things can get on this podcast sometimes i thought you were going a little worse than that no thankfully yeah no should we talk about the box office yeah let's get into it this is our second 1985 movie we've done which I feel like 1985 is a pretty good year for movies. So the fact that we've only done one is a little surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, the big hit of that year was our previous burnt popcorn flick, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. And after its second run at number one, 
it went to Invasion USA and then Commando with a $7.7 million opening weekend. Uh, it was uh, number one for three weeks and was finally beaten by Jagged Edge, which was released at the same time, but took number one in its fourth week of release. I have no idea what Jagged Edge is. It's like a thriller. I have no idea what Invasion USA is. Uh, neither do I. It sounds like, you know, Red Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds yeah. Like Red I Dawn. feel like that's probably along the, the right lines. And then the top movies of the year, as we know, were Back to the Future with 210 million. Rambo First Blood Part 2. Wouldn't that just be Second Blood? Uh, do, do not get me started on how stupid the Rambo naming scheme is. Do not. Rocky 7. Adrian's Revenge. <laughs> uh, it brought in 150. And Rocky Four actually, <laughs> with 127. Wow. Commando was 25th with a total of 35 million, but has gone on to be a classic. Yes. But it still was number one for three weeks and made a lot of money. So Therefore, it, it works. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get find too many Arnold movies in the 80s that weren't box office hits, I don't think. No, he was the biggest draw. And I would say today... The only person comparable is The Rock. Which so. is funny because there's that scene in the rundown where The Rock is walking by and Schwarzenegger walks by and he's like, have fun. There's like a little Schwarzenegger cameo in the rundown. Is there really? Yeah, it's basically, it's basically the intention of the scene was that Schwarzenegger was passing the torch to The Rock as being like, you're now the big action movie star. And the funny thing was, is it was actually a few more years before he really became that big star. They knew. He's charming. He's big. Mm -hmm. he, you know, Invasion USA, by the way, oh, you looked it up. is a Chuck Norris vehicle. Oh, of course. It is about a one man army comes to the rescue of the United States when a spy attempts an invasion. Is it Russian? It was written by Chuck Norris and James <laughs> Brunner. I can only imagine how ridiculous it is then. I've never seen it before. And I don't think you have either. By no. the sounds of things, so it doesn't really qualify. The director of it was the same person who directed Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Ooh, that's so. your favorite one, isn't it? No. It's no. Three is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Which is why we've done it on the show. Yeah. Three is my favorite. So anyway. Yes. Shall we get into our memories of Commando? You go first. I know this was my pick, but yeah. you go first because I don't really remember where I first saw it. I first saw this. As like the Saturday afternoon matinee after, oh. I mean, obviously highly edited, but yeah. I remember seeing this as a kid on Fox on like, oh, cartoons are done. Here's Commando, <laughs> you know, and, and it was like, I didn't see it in one go. Like it wasn't until I was older and I bought it myself on DVD oh. that I saw the entire movie in one go because I'd, I'd seen the opening and I'd seen the ending, like most of the island scene passed to the end. And I've seen the mall scene, which like really is the majority of the movie, but there's still chunks of the movie that are missing there. And I mean, I didn't really know. I knew that it was like, oh, his daughter got kidnapped and he blows everyone up. But really, other than that, I didn't know too much about it. But I, I knew that it was the one liner movie. And then I'm like, OK, like I got to buy this on DVD. I found it. On, I think I was at Future Shop and it was super cheap. Remember so Future Shop? I miss Future Shop. Same. The thing that was really nice about Future Shop is there was one right by my parents house that was within walking distance. So I just walked to Future Shop and bought stuff there all the time. When that Future Shop went out of business, I was so sad. Anyway. So speaking of that Future Shop, I was going to say I drove by that Future Shop today. You did, yes. Yeah, and it brought back all these memories of Remember Future Shop, yeah. which then was Remember Shopping. Do you remember Spirit of Halloween? Because that's usually what it ends up being these days. Do you, do you remember when that Future Shop used to be across the street from the mall in a small location? Yes, I do. It had tons of CDs. I remember buying PlayStation 1 memory cards and dual, my first DualShock controller from that Future Shop. It was small. I think it's now like a consignment store there yeah i believe it is yeah anyway yes. remember shopping <laughs> and future shop and halloween stores uh, yeah i feel like the first time i saw the movie was i i can't i can't remember if it was with you or mm -hmm. someone else i was dating in my 20s and somebody was just like oh you gotta watch this one well because what young man in their 20s doesn't want to watch commando true i mean i know for a fact that 
you had never seen Predator until we started dating. This is true. You and showed I remember, me Predator, yeah. and I feel like it might have been you that showed me Commando, but there was one other guy that I dated for a while that it might have been because he was really into those sorts of movies too. So it's mm-hmm. like, either way, I remember loving it. Mm-hmm. I remember just absolutely loving it because like, you're right, it is the, the one-liner movie. It is Arnold, like peak 80s Arnold, just amazing. Like there's so many great Arnold one-liners in all Arnold movies, right? Yes. But this one has the most that I can think of. Yeah. Like there's great one-liners in Predator, Terminator, you know, Running Man and, and all of these movies. But I feel like more of them are in this movie. Like, you know, I kill you last. I eat Green Berets for breakfast. Like there's so many good ones in this. I've never seen Running Man. I have not either, but I still know the one-liners from them. Really? Yeah. I don't. You killed Sub Zero. Now he's regular Zero. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. I mean, that's not the that's not word for word, but I remember that that's the regular anyway. Zero joke. Anyway, yes. No, and like so, I remember really liking it. I know mm. I've seen it a few times since, and I really felt like watching. If I want to watch something that is just tons of ridiculous, over the top action and just eighties silliness, this is the easy go to. Right. Yeah. Easily. Definitely. Definitely. So shall we just get into it then? Yeah, can we? Yeah, for sure. And so right off the bat, I want to get into the very opening scene of the movie. Okay. Because there were so many times that I confused the opening of this movie with the opening of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which is the garbage day beginning. <laughs> because that's the, that the both of those movies start out with a scene with a guy taking out his garbage. That's and so then funny. he's gunned down. That's so funny. So like, I, I remember like when I first saw the garbage day clip, I'm like, oh, that's from Commando. Because it was, you know, back in the early days of the internet where it was mm-hmm. like, bam, here are these clips for no reason with no context and stuff. Yeah. And I remember when I bought the movie on DVD that the garbage scene happens and I'm just waiting for one of the two guys to be garbage day. I'm like, neither of those that guys would have been garbage this- day guy. Like this was goofy. But that would have taken it into just absurd. Yes. <laughs> because that movie is absurd. Yes, definitely. Well, can I just, speaking of that opening scene. So they're going and they're putting hits out on people that. It's the it's the former unit of Matrix. Who yeah, is which is hilarious that his name is John Matrix. Yes. Nobody's last name is Matrix. If you're an action hero in the 80s, your last name is Matrix. Anyway. <laughs> yes. I. I feel like these guys, they want to kill these people, but they don't want a bunch of cops showing up and chasing them. Yeah. So why just lay into them with a pair of Uzis? Right. Like, why not just, like, double tap them in the chest with a silencer and then drive away before any neighbors are like, someone yeah, should... Yeah, why... why that's the- it's not like he's in an area that's very obviously affluent. So my thinking is some meddling neighbor is going to be calling the cops right away. Mm-hmm. And then they blow up a boat. Right, but also, like in the same thing with the garbage day thing, which is funny because that's not the scene. But it's I just I'm just gonna keep calling it the garbage day thing. Sorry. Nobody else. None of the other neighbors come running out with their garbage. Like, what if one of the other neighbors was like, "Oh crap, the garbage truck," and they came running too? Like, because there was other houses around. It wasn't just like a private road or anything like that. So there, there was a lot of. A lot of flaws with the garbage truck plan. <laughs> I don't think a lot of this movie was thought out for realism. Well, also, at the same time, when they run over the guy at the, at the car dealership, I, obviously, you could be gravely injured from being hit by a car. Mm-hmm. But how many people get hit by a car and live? He yeah. doesn't even check to make sure that dude's dead. Doesn't even double tap back up over him or anything like that. Yeah. Like, that dude could have lived. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you. Yeah, it was not some of these some of these deaths were super over the top, but they're super looking for inconspicuous. They're super conspicuous. Yeah. Like if they're trying to like he drives the car out like it's a Porsche, right? It was a Cadillac. Oh, yeah. a Cadillac. Sorry. Someone else. Oh, the grimy guy later was driving a Porsche. Mm-hmm. Grimy is not the word I was looking for. Skeevy. Yeah. Slimy. would. Slimy. Slimy is the word I want. He's driving a Porsche later. But no, like. Literally, like all, t- it's a busy area of town. Like the chances of a cop being half a block away and hearing that and speeding after him is pretty high. Yeah, definitely. So all I can think is like their plan. Like obviously, the movie's plan is just like these big sequences to start off with high action. And I get that, but like 
this is not how hits are carried out. <laughs> no, it was not. They would have like grabbed that guy at the the garbage guy because there's nobody else around. Like someone would have heard the gunshot. They would have grabbed him, thrown him in the car, drove him to an isolated location. And since they were in like it's L.A., right? Mm-hmm. They would have like slit his throat and thrown him in the, the water. Nice yeah. and quiet. Like mm-hmm. the, the one thing that also like I feel gives away a lot as well is when Freddie Mercury gets on the boat. He exchanges a look with with Bill Duke, whose name doesn't important because that dude is just there to be fed to Arnold Schwarzenegger later. Yeah. Bill Duke is there and he sees Freddie Mercury and he gives him this quick like smirk. Mm-hmm. If if they were trying to play off the fact that, oh, this member of the unit is actually a turncoat, he should have just been like if it, it would have been a lot more inconspicuous if he had like squinted at the guy and then gone in the boat instead of <laughs> and then got into the boat. Right. Yeah. Like right away. I mean, I guess I know because I, I, I know that guy. I've seen enough of the movie in previous viewings before I look at it critically mm-hmm. that I know that guy's on the, the team of the bad guys. Yeah. So when I see that smirk, it immediately says, oh, yes, he is the bad guy. But because I already knew he was the bad guy. But I feel like if somebody was watching this for the first time. That would still give away the goat, you know, right yeah. away that, that that dude's part of the team, right? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, again, I know that a lot of this movie wasn't set up to, for realism. Yeah. There's it, no real point to talking about, like... <laughs> that speaking of that, my second note is Bennett has a very Freddie Mercury thing going on. Yes, Bennett. And yeah. then looking up the trivia of the movie, even the actor was like, I'm like Freddie Mercury on steroids. Yeah. So it's like, it's not offensive us saying this because he said it himself. Yes, he's so. he's 100%. That's what he's going for. Yeah. And apparently they had originally cast somebody else and the costumes were all fitted for that other person. Well, he's bigger than the other person that was originally Bennett. Mm-hmm. And so all the costumes are a bit snug on him. So hence why, yes, that, that why weird, it just adds to the... <laughs> that weird fishnet shirt that he's it's wearing. so painfully 1985 yes <laughs> like absolutely the most 1985 costume if you were like let's dress up people for a 1985 party and we really want to just lean in to 1985 this is what i would dress someone in i would go to a thrift store and get the pieces of this outfit mm-hmm. the so. fingerless gloves and everything like it's oh, yeah. all it's all ridiculous the mustache like just everything about it is so 85 i mm-hmm. love it Vernon Wells is who played Bennett. Yeah, and he goes absolutely crazy with it in a film. But anyway. So from there, after this montage of of the unit being taken out, we're introduced to Matrix and his daughter. Mm-hmm. And and my favorite thing about meeting Matrix and his daughter is they go through this montage where actually they're playing like the regular theme to the movie too, mm-hmm. which this movie, despite the fact that only like the last 20 minutes of this movie take place somewhere tropical, which even isn't, isn't that tropical. It's just California. Yeah. The entire movie has like, these steel drums in it. You know, like it's all about this island nation of Val Verde, which is a fictional nation that they used in movies all the time. It's like the oceanic airline. You know, it's the fake movie airline that they use in everything. Well, that way they're not insulting an actual country. Exactly. Exactly. Like, which was really funny because you and I talked about this as well. Val Verde is also the country that Schwarzenegger invades in Predator. So we were joking about, is this the prequel to Predator or is Predator the prequel to Commando because he's retired? Oh, yeah. Predator Predator's by far the prequel to this movie. Like, <laughs> And like the, the girl in Predator is probably Alyssa Milano's mom. And then she wanted to stay behind in her home country. And she went he, back to Valverde. Yeah. And he he took Alyssa Milano with him back to California for the better schools. Right. That makes sense. So, so the, uh, there's this uh, montage of Schwarzenegger being a good dad to his daughter with this like i don't want to say tense music but it doesn't fit the scene no not at at all all. not at all like they're they're getting ice cream together and it's like they feed a deer they feed a deer the the disney princess deer moment is my favorite part of the opening montage because it's so ridiculous yeah john matrix is a super peaceful wonderful loving father he's a killing machine that feeds deer is, by hand which is funny because if you look at arnold schwarzenegger's life now that's kind of who he is now yeah <laughs> i'm like the dude ran as a republican for governor mm-hmm. and like and won and now he's very like they call it crunchy mm-hmm. but like 
he's exposing the benefits of a plant-based diet and like, you know, being a friend of the animals and charity work and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he's like the exact opposite of a Republican. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So we're introduced to Matrix and then like pretty quickly into the movie, things get going. Like, I love that they show up and they warn him and they're like, we're going to leave these guys here to protect you. And then they are immediately killed. Immediately. The car is still <laughs> like probably going down the driveway when someone else shows up and kills them. Not yeah. The, car, the, the, the helicopter, helicopter. Yeah. The helicopter is not even like five feet away. And they people show up and, and kill the green berets that are there to guard them mm-hmm. and this is when we discover so i suppose say we discover that this is our second appearance of another actor yes yes we have popcorn. another actor who's uh, dan hadea yeah i think that's right that, i'm not sure if that's you pronounce it, but anyway he's shares dad and clueless yes he's the disposed president of valverde that is out for revenge based on yeah. and, and kidnaps his daughter so yeah but he was Mel Horowitz in uh, Clueless, and uh, dude's like a prolific actor. Yeah, he's so he's probably going to show up in a few more movies before this podcast is done. I, I'm, I feel like. But anyway, that doesn't I'll, matter. I'll always remember him as the general who pulls out his own brains in Alien Resurrection. Do you not remember that scene? No. He's in Alien as a Resurrection. What? And when they're all the soldiers are trying to escape, they all get into the escape pods. He stays behind, and he's giving them a salute. And the alien comes up behind them and does the jaw in the back of the head. And he reaches rather they they don't show it. They show it from the front and he reaches back and he pulls out like a piece of his brain and then falls down dead. Yeah, that's that's what he does in that movie. I don't like that. (laughs) I guess it's been a while since you've seen Alien Resurrection. Uh, Yes, he he pulls out his own brains in Alien Resurrection. Anyway. Anyway, so he's in this movie. He kidnaps Matrix's daughter to force him Jenny. to Jenny to force him to re-overthrow the country of Alberta. Single-handedly. Yes, by himself. Which, I mean, we discover as the movie goes on that this would have been possible. Yeah. Easily. Considering what he does later, yeah. Well, the idea is that the current president of Alberta knows Matrix and trusts Matrix, so he would be able to get close to him and then kill him. Which, like, as proven later in the movie, he doesn't need to know him and trust him to get close to him and kill him. He can just destroy an entire army and do it. But so the plan is, is that Matrix is going to fly down to Valverde. And what I love, this is one of my favorite things about this movie, is they put this time limit on it. Mm -hmm. And it's so well done of like. He's got until the plane lands and they discover he's not on it to solve the mystery. Yeah, I do. I do like that element, too, because the plane right there is about 11 hours. Yes. It says. So and this the slimy guy. Uh, oh, why don't I know his name? It's part of the one liners. Was it Sully? Sully. It's Sully. So, yeah. So Sully is supposed to see him onto the plane and yes. call when he sees the plane take off, mm-hmm. which he does. And then the other it's. Cook, right? Who's on the plane with... No, Cook is... I think Cook is the Bill Duke. Who's the guy that's on the plane? I, I don't him? remember. I, he doesn't... I don't remember his name. He's only there to be murdered. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. he's... So he gets on with another guy. Mm-hmm. The other guy is then supposed to call Dan Hedea, the general, uh, or ex-president, mm-hmm. when they land and be like, hey, the plane has landed. We're here. We're going to go do the job to make sure he's actually in South America. So he's very smart in this. Yeah. In that, like, he's like, look, I know for a fact just him getting on the plane isn't enough security to know that he's actually going to end up in Valverde. Mm-hmm. So I need this extra set of Because like, if he doesn't get both these phone calls, he's going to kill the daughter. Right. And I'm like, this is actually a pretty decent plan because mm-hmm. he's right. And we know he's right because obviously Persinager kills the, the escort of the plane immediately. Yes. Jumps out of the plane from the wheel well from a good hundred feet up. Yeah. The, the best part about this entire sequence is he kills the man so casually. Yeah. <laughs> like just he elbows him in the face. Yeah. Breaks his neck. Yeah. And then lies him down and makes him up to go to sleep. It, it's so hilarious how it's like one fluid motion yeah. that, that he does it yeah which like i ama- immediately tells you like how good he is at uh, like the the thing that i love about this movie mm-hmm. which i is is that he's so good at killing people mm-hmm. that he just does it so casually 
Like he kills this guy immediately. There's the guy who's like, we have your daughter. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And he's like, no, you're not. And shoots him immediately, <laughs> which is another amazing, like the, the, he jumps in the truck and pushes it down the hill. Yeah. Like no hesitation. And, and then again, he jumps off of a taking off plane when he hits the water, your immediate reaction was that would kill a man. <laughs> like, like immediately, like he. So I get what they're going for is he he jumps off the landing gear. Yes. As it's going back up in the plane after takeoff, and then he lands in basically the swamp. Yeah, the there's side like a swamp at the side. So yeah. you know you're you're thinking oh well it's soft ground you know it would have broken his fall and like he wouldn't have been injured but like there are rare instances where people have survived plane crashes this way which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Peggy Hill survived her skydiving uh-huh. accident. No, but they are horrifically injured at yes. the very least. There's one girl who survived with minimal injuries in South America falling out of a plane and because she landed in a swamp, but she was still hurt. Mm-hmm. He jumps out of this plane and he's fine. If I he remember, starts running. He's got like a tiny cut on his head and yep. that's it. And he's just, he takes off running and he's fine. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, Oh, and his shirt is ripped. And his shirt is ripped. And I'm just like, no, no. Maybe maybe his unit was like an early super soldier plan. Maybe. Or maybe. He looks like a super soldier. That's for sure. Well, that's exactly. So maybe that's something we didn't get into. It's like he's so strong because he's a super soldier. And that would have. Because, I mean, Captain America could have made that fall. John Matrix sounds like a superhero. Yeah. So there you go. Maybe. maybe that's what, yeah, his superhero name was Matrix. Yeah. So. <laughs> he's got a real nathan drake look to him so he immediately like uh, kind of carjacks a woman sort of like he i don't know it's is it technically a carjacking because he doesn't take the car from her she goes with him it's more of a kidnapping sort of but she's not there entirely involuntarily later she isn't later at this point she's not there she has encountered sully yes who is a total creep. Yes. Of course. And then when she is obviously not interested in sleeping with him. You fucking he whore. pulls the classic <laughs> male line of fucking whore. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, this was the thing back then. It's like, it was ahead where of is the line? I have to ask our male audience. What is the line of reasoning of this woman will not sleep with me. Therefore, she is a whore. It's like, no, she's a whore. She would sleep with you. I feel like it doesn't make any logical sense. And I get it's not logical. I feel like the the logic is. Oh, she's mean to me. What is the word I can find yeah. quickest that yeah. will be like 100 percent? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not even. But yeah, logically, it's there's no logic. But you think the logical line would be something like, oh, frigid bitch or something. Yeah, which something makes like more that. sense. But they never say that. No, it's always you whore. Or slut, yeah, or yeah. and she's like, that's the exact opposite of what's happening here. And mm-hmm. even anyway, that's more than we need to get. But <laughs> yeah. still, I was just like, yeah, in 1985, and guys have not matured at all from since 1985, which is sad. But he takes her car and her, and like they come up with this elaborate. He comes up with this elaborate plan to get Sully to tell him where the general is, and then they end up just killing Sully. Well, it's not even, I would say, elaborate. It's 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 basically he follows Sully. But he makes her play along and she full on is like, goes immediately to a security guard be like, this guy has kidnapped me, help me. And then Arl has to fight off all these innocent security guards. There's a lot of security guards he in that beats, mall. He beats the shit out of those security guards too. Like, it's like, like 15 dudes are on top you know of him. And he the, cap, you know. The security guards, I was like. Why do the mall security guards have guns? And then I remembered, oh, right, America. America, yes. Because that is not a thing here. No. Not even a little bit. No. And then he, like, throws off all of the security guards like he's Neo in Matrix 2. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, again, he's he's Matrix. Yeah, there you go. But he is a superhero. <laughs> yes. He is a superhero. And, like, it's, it's funny because this movie is just... The plot moves at actually, because I like, again, like you said, it has a timeline, right? It's 11 hours. So mm-hmm. it, it all takes place in one day, which I like. And I forgot that that was the case. Yeah. But it does move at a really good clip. And so, like, thankfully, she gets on his side. Yeah, it, it appears that the thing that gets her on his side is when she sees him beat up the mall cops. 
Yeah. Because that really is all it takes to change her mind. Because like the next thing you know, cops are trying to take him out. And she's like, no, wait. And like saves him. Yeah. Which it's like, but what was the thing? Like, you know, what was the thing that, that made you change your mind? Was it because Sully showed up and was a creep again? Also, who is that guy? Sully is there meeting a dude. They have a cash handoff. It's never explained what he's there for. Just another, just to, I think it's just to show that Sully's a bad dude. A bad dude. But yeah. then Arnold picks him up in a phone booth, which yes. is pretty hilarious. He flips the phone booth. Yeah. Yeah, because he's trying to hide in the phone booth, and it's just like, no, that's not going to work. But then, like, so she gets on his side. Yeah. And they have to go to this motel. Yeah, so they, they follow Sully. Sully crashes his car. He then kills Sully. Oh, yeah. It tips after, on its, so the Porsche tips on its side. And then he flips it over. Yeah, then he flips it over. He's like, it's like, well, my car, we don't have a ride. Oh, that car crash that they were in, weren't they neither of them wearing a seatbelt? Yes, especially her. She didn't even have a seat. Yeah, and they're both fine. Yeah. Like, wraps been, the car around a pole. She would have been out that door. She's but, not a super soldier. No, no, for sure. But so he kills Sully after Sully gives him a bit of information. Because mm-hmm. now he's got to go find Cook at the motel. Because Cook will now have the information, right? Mm-hmm. And nothing says 80s movie like nudity for no reason. Oh. And this is exactly what happens when we get to the motel. I do have to mention. Hmm. No, you're right. You're right. You're getting to the motel. Sorry, I did. Go ahead. I was literally about to say about what you're talking about. Right. So, which is exactly what happens at the motel. And so <laughs> they get there. Cook and and Schwarzenegger have the fight with the amazing Green Beret. I eat Green Berets for breakfast. Oh, I know. It's so good. So good. They they fight. He knocks them through the door into the neighbor's room. And there's, again, nudity for nudity's sake. Like There's no reason that these people are, are need to be there. He, he could have knocked them into the shower and the same thing would have happened, right? Like, yeah. No, and I, but I love this scene. Because it has so many layers. It's not like they were just naked. It's not just like there was a woman changing the room. Yes. It is a couple who are obviously intimate. Yes. But then when you really pay, and it happens really quick. Yes. You don't see much, but it happens really quick. But then you notice they have a camcorder recording. Yes, they have a camcorder recording. And then you realize she is behind him. Yes. <laughs> and then you go, wait a minute. Uh-huh. They're having quite the evening in this motel. Yes. And it's like, good for them. And another thing that I love, and this just adds to it. It's like that Simpsons, that Simpsons theory where it was just like, here's a joke on top of a joke on top of a yeah. joke. Where as they're fighting, Cindy is like watching these dudes destroy the hotel room while they fight. Yeah. And she's like, oh, these guys eat too much red meat. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just adds to the absurdity even more <laughs> it does and and then like cook gets, dies yes. he falls on a table leg i think it's a table leg something like that yeah or and like it, a like, glass table impales him yeah and like they don't acknowledge the people having sex in the next room again they're just like the people having sex just like they watch that dude kill someone <laughs> Could you imagine, though, you would need so much therapy to be able to have sex again. Do you know what really needs therapy is the flight attendant who discovers the body on the plane. Oh, that's going to be. No, you know what's sad, though? It's not that uncommon. Well, yeah, I'm not shocked. I'm sure people like especially old people. Yeah. So same with motel work or well, motel and hotel workers. Yeah. A lot of people kill themselves there. Hmm. Because they know they'll get discovered. I, I was thinking more along the lines of just people who pass unexpectedly and oh, they discover no. the bodies. And yeah, such. hotel and motel workers get it a lot. Uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, so the anyway, more you know. The more you know. Yep. Well, they find out where the general is now. Yeah. So, yeah, they they're, find out when they gonna, kill Cook. Yeah, they find him and then they're going to go. But they have to fly there because it's an island. Yes. And she is getting her pilot's license. Well, they find out where the fueling station is, and she knows where it is because she's getting the pilot's license. So she fills up there with her instructor. Well, they make a pit stop, mm-hmm. which is to look. I love, I love this like montage of him like getting all the the weapons, all the gear, and yeah, it's just like the dude is he ha- he gets enough weapons for literally an army. Yes. And like he's got like a rocket launcher and grenades and guns and giant knives, knives and yeah everything and he's like 
the whole kit and caboodle and then immediately gets arrested. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, that's the best part is he just turns a corner and there's cops like, stop. You know, it's so good. Like it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So you expect he's going to load up and then it's just like, okay, he's going to go murder but people. No, he literally gets arrested immediately and they leave her. Well, yeah, because I think she's outside. Mm. I think she's outside in the car and they don't see her. They just come in the store and they see him loading up. Yeah, which I mean, good for the cops on like arresting someone, stealing all that. Mach- like that dude was going to go do some damage. Yeah, they were probably looking for him already because he made a riot at the mall. But oh, they're probably like, oh, we got the guy. Yeah. So anyway. So yeah. So they drive away. They get. They put him in the in the. They van. put him in a paddy wagon. Yes, and and they drive away. And then she pulls up, like, she's got this car full of rocket launchers and stuff. Yeah. She pulls up next to the police car. And the cop driving, the, or not the cop driving, but the one in the passenger seat looks over at her. And he smiles. And he looks back to the driver. And he's like, hooker. Why does he assume she's a hooker? I don't know. <laughs> he's just like, hooker. Like, just casually drops that she's a hooker. And then they pull away. And then she shoots a rocket launcher the wrong way. That was great. Yes. That, like, just her, oops. Yeah, her own oopsie. Yeah, no, fantastic. And then she almost kills Schwarzenegger. She blows up the truck where he's sitting. I think at this point, she's like, nothing can kill this man. That's true. He will be fine. Mm -hmm. So she blows up the truck. They escape. And then they they grab the plane and they fly off to, to where they're going. And like you said, like, she's a pilot. And she's getting, a she's pilot's getting, she's getting her pilot's license. And I thought that that was great because now that I think about it, there's some really strong logic for her being there mm-hmm. in the second half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And also, like, they really do a great job of foreshadowing why she's going to be more important later. Yes. So not only is it it's it's not it's not like, oh, why is she still here? Oh, I'm a pilot. You know, I, I'm learning to be a pilot. It's not like that happens at that point in the movie. It's it's dressed earlier. Mm-hmm. So they they plant that earlier and then it pays off later. And, and that's just, I, I thought that was great. Like, the way that that, because to be honest, a Schwarzenegger action movie in in the 80s doesn't need the strongest logic no. for it to be followed. But there, there's a lot in here that I, that I really like. So they fly off to. And she's like, this is a canoe with wings. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I can't fly this kind of plane. Because it, it is a pontoon. It's not like a regular. It's, yeah, she says she's trained on a Cessna. Yeah. So she figures it out. They fly to this island off the coast of California mm-hmm. and Schwarzenegger decides that this is the moment that he needs to get into a speedo. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's wearing a very small, he is European. He is, but he's wearing a very small speedo, very small speedo. And Oh, it, can I say though, when they're flying, this is another thing they're flying over and they get told like, you know, they're unidentified aircraft. They're flying through like a military area. She's like the planes avoid this area. He's like, fly low to avoid, like, fly uh, near the waves to hopefully not be seen. Mm-hmm. And the officer who's talking to him over the radio is second burnt popcorn appearance of Bill Paxton. That's right. Yes. So, I forgot that he, he shows up. Yeah. In this so movie. this movie is a second appearance for three actors so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he's more of a, I wouldn't call it a cameo because at this point, he's not. No, this is just an early role for him. Yeah. But good for him. Mm hmm. It's always funny because I always forget that he's in it and then Same. he shows up and it's like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. So that's always that's yeah, always a good it's, time. It's not long after this that he goes on to Aliens. Yeah, Aliens is the next year. Yeah. And is it really? The- 86. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. So this this was like, <gasps> well, he was because he he was also in he was in Terminator. He's in Terminator, but he's also. But like just a small part. He's a, he's a street punk that gets killed for his clothes at the beginning of the movie. Because I knew he was in it, but it's yeah. been, I've only seen Terminator once. And He's I, the only person in cinema, like specifically, that has been killed, that might have changed, but he's the only actor who's been killed by a Predator, a Terminator, and an alien. There's there's another one you can fudge it, Lance Henriksen, you can fudge it. Well, he's an Lance, android. Yeah, cause, but he's not... You could say whether or not he's killed or not, right? By by an alien. Which predator? Oh, which he's in he's in Alien versus Predator, and he's killed by a predator in Alien versus Predator. He's in and Alien versus Predator. Yes, he's in the first one. <gasps> he plays Wayland. Does he really? Yeah, you don't remember that movie very well, do you? No, I'm talking about Bill Paxton. Oh no, no, Bill Paxton is killed by a predator in Predator Two. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no. Lance Hendrickson is killed in 
the both of them are killed in the original Terminator. They're both in the original Terminator. Really? Yep. And then you can say that Bishop is killed in, <laughs> eh, and then obviously Hudson is killed in Aliens. Yeah. And then in Predator Two, Bill Paxton dies by a predator, and in Alien versus Predator, Lance Hendrickson dies by a predator. Interesting. So there you go. Interesting. Well, there you go. Yeah, fun times. Anyway, back to Commando. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. So Itty Bitty, Teeny Weeny, Polkadot Bikini, Schwarzenegger invades this island. And and then there's the, the suit up montage. And, oh, I know. And that's the, great. The thing that's great is they discover that he didn't make the flight at the exact same moment that he starts blowing the, the soldiers Oh, the up. timing couldn't be better because yeah. he is late. He does miss the deadline. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, time to go get the kid. Well, the kid finally after 11 hours is like well i'm gonna break out now yeah which well, like you should you should have figured this out earlier yeah yeah but she does like so good for her for mm-hmm. actually like breaking out but she breaks her to the room they're holding her in so now they gotta find her mm-hmm. and, and freddie mercury goes after her and meanwhile schwarzenegger is blowing up everyone which literally, is hilarious literally every person on the island but you can see the standees during yes. the blow up scene. Yeah, when when the when he's blowing up the barracks. Because he puts C4 everywhere. Yeah. He puts C4 all around the barracks around this island. So all the buildings go up at once. And then you just see a bunch of standees. Yeah, they're like they're dummies on posts. Yeah. Like the the and it's the, very obvious. Because they're not moving. Yeah, they like the, the explosion happens and they just continue to stand there as their clothes blow Which up around is, them. So you can't even pull the like, well, you wouldn't be able to tell so much, you know, the old film and blah blah. No, they literally just don't move. You can tell. Yeah. They probably only had enough. Like they built those buildings and they're like, okay, let's put the coverage around. And they just filmed the buildings blowing up from like 10 different angles. Yeah. And then it's like, well, none of them fell over. We don't have the budget to blow them up again. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guarantee you that's exactly what it was. But yeah. So he, he just, this, it's like the next 10 minutes of the movie is just Schwarzenegger killing everyone. Yes. <laughs> and it's, ridiculous because eventually there are scenes where he just runs out of ammo and starts hucking saw blades at people that was great and he goes in a gardening shed and just starts hucking 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 garden tools and saw blades and stuff at people which yeah is great axing off arms and machetes yeah. and oh my god like just the whole sequence is ridiculous. He takes a gun, he shoots it until it's out of bullets, and then he starts throwing more, like get, grabs a new gun. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's like the scene in The Matrix with the lobby where he just keeps pulling guns out of his jacket. But in this case, you can literally see every single gun like strapped to his back. And mm-hmm. oh my God, it's so, so ridiculous and so much fun. Then he gets into the, into the house. He mm-hmm. shoots Cher's dad by blowing him through yeah. the window <laughs> with like, he shoots him. I love that it, he shoots him with a shotgun like four times. And it's it's another, you know, 80s effect thing. And probably like, well, we got the coverage we needed. Let's move on. We yeah. don't have time to reshoot this. The first time he gets shot, he is riddled with bullets. Yeah. And then he stays that riddled. Like, I know he's using a shotgun, but it never gets worse, even though he gets shot like three times, you know? So I, I thought that was really funny. But that happens. And then, of course, now he's got to go find his daughter. And, and Bennett has has tracked down the daughter. Yeah. And, and they have the gayest knife fight in the history I of cinema. I love the, like, zoom shots of their faces during the fight. Yes. Like, it's like, it's just like jarring and and the thing is it's another thing that you said like with the freddie mercury thing is they've gone like i'm pretty sure there's like a special feature on the dvd where they talk about like yeah that scene's got a lot of uh, like homoerotic tendencies i mean think about some of the language in it right like just like benny you don't want to shoot me you want to put a knife in and and, yeah. and like Bennett's like shaking with anticipation. But then he, he's like, like, I'm going to shoot you between the balls. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what effect with that? Because he's like, I'm going to shoot you between the eyes. He's like, no, I'm going to shoot you between the balls. And it's like, one, you can't. And yeah. two, I feel like as much as that might be an annoying injury, because you're actually between the balls, yeah. it wouldn't be that bad. It's not like he's like, I'm going to shoot you in the balls Mm -hmm. between the balls between which is like one you should see a doctor about why you're able to do that (laughs) and do no that's not 
I just don't feel like that would be a grievous injury. Oh, yeah. it would. You definitely don't kill a man with a shot between the balls. No. Not immediately, anyway. Like, maybe you bust an artery or something, but I don't know. Yeah, still. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was a lot. I mean, considering what happens with Matrix and how he's, the amount of people he's still able to kill while he's injured and such, I feel yeah. like. I mean, the dude walks off falling out of a plane. I feel yeah. like shooting him between the balls is only going to delay him in yeah. killing you. I feel like the only reason Bennett even had a chance was at this point, Arnold is a little tired mm-hmm. and a little beat up. He's a little murdered out. Yeah, he's just, he's a little, he's a little gassed. And so Bennett does get a couple in on him, but obviously Schwarzenegger kicks his ass and yeah. kills him. Kills him with the... There are every like major villain because there's like a the there's obviously the nameless dudes that he just takes out, but he doesn't say any fun one liners when he's blowing up the mm-hmm. soldiers. He just blows them all up. Yeah. But like every every major named villain gets killed with a one liner. Yeah. And Bennett's is amazing where he shoots the pipe through him yeah. and all the steam comes shooting out and he's blow off some steam, Bennett. Like in reality. The first thing that should have happened before the steam escaped was like a splat of like guts should have shot out the other side first, right? Yeah. You'd or think. some blood at least. Mm-hmm. But Ooh. yeah, no, like just so amazing. Like the the campiness of the the kills as like action movie kills versus like horror movie kills. Yeah. They just don't do it like this anymore. No. They really don't. No. But like. I feel like because a lot of the action movies are going for a PG-13 rating. Could you imagine if they made a movie like this, but it was like Fast and the Furious? Like if they made the Fast and the Furious movie, because that's the only thing that's close to to being so insane. So if there was Mm -hmm. like a like Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs versus Shaw, I would say would be even like the closer because that was just. just It's just Hobbs and Shaw, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's just Hobbs and Shaw. Maybe you're right. In a previous episode, I I noted that you said Hobbs versus Shaw like three times. But I feel like if they did Hobbs and Shaw 2, if they did Hobbs and Shaw 2, and instead of it being like... It's Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah. It's like So if Hobbs and Shaw 2 was like them murking people left and right, right? Like instead of just like, oh, I beat the big guy and we move on. If they were murdering these people... That's when you get like that's I think that would be the closest you would get to a movie like this. Yeah, because that even now. that that's a PG thirteen. Like I'm pretty sure all the Fast and Furious is are thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, you're opening up to a bigger audience. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, and that's the difference. Like horror movies are really, and even then, a lot of like the bigger name horror aims for PG thirteen because it's more money in the box office. But with the pandemic, maybe that's going to change again because they're like. Nothing's going to the theaters anyway, so throw it up on streaming. But at the same time, for all these, you know, special effects for kills, they're not going to put all that money into it because they're just getting streaming money. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? I I feel like modern day horror is less about gore and more about like scares. Well, it, it rotates. Like it's, it's it does rotate, right? Like in the eighties, it was all about like the slashers and the the best kills, mm-hmm. and then it changed um vampires were big for a bit and more supernatural so and then it went back to slashers with scream which you got less gore but some gore and then it went to real heavy gore with things like saw and hostile mm-hmm. which then has then swung back into supernatural stuff like ghosts and which is less gore and more like tension mm-hmm. and then we're getting into more now, like the the thing that's kind of really popular right now is like subversive stuff, like mm-hmm. Get Out, Midsummer. Yeah. So what will be the next big thing? Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll go back, back to gore. To, it'll be sla- well, ha- Screen Five is coming out. No slashers, it is. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah. So finishing this movie off, the the colonel arrives to save the day, and I love that the the scene is just like, did you leave anything for us? It's just bodies. Yeah. Yep. Like, well, and then the rock music plays and and Schwarzenegger takes his daughter and goes home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It yeah. was a good time. A, a great time. And like, I, I mean, that's obviously we had a lot to say about this movie. Well, critics in 1985 had thoughts on this movie. So, Laura, please, why don't we fill them in? Fill us in on some past reviews. So this movie 
has a 71% critical approval rate and 67% audience critical rate on Rotten Tomatoes, which I really was surprised. That That's I thought, a lot lower than I thought. I think it is. I thought the critical would be lower and mm-hmm. I thought the audience would be much higher. I was thinking it was going to be like 60, 80, not 71, 67. Mm-hmm. Gene Sis- there was no, I couldn't find an Ebert review. Really? But I did find a Gene Siskel. And basically his synopsis is Schwarzenegger plays his action scenes both with a vengeance and a comic book laugh, but the mix never gels. And I disagree. I do disagree as well. DJR Bruckner of the New York Times says two thirds of this 90 minute film is mayhem, unrelieved by humor and untouched by humanity. Also disagree. He's a loving father and he's very funny. It's true. And then Variety says Chong, who is Cindy lights up the film like a firefly and Schwarzenegger delivers a certain light touch of his own and the rest is palatable action comics. And that I think is correct. Yeah, that sounds, I think that sounds we're with, we were gelling. So this is, this was your pick. So you can go first. Why don't you tell us what, what you, Oh, I honestly, I wanted another slam dunk. So I'm giving it a double butter. Mm-hmm. I really just wanted to watch a movie. I knew I was going to enjoy. And this one I knew I was just going to enjoy. And I would have been shocked if I didn't mm-hmm. but it's double. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. It's double. There's there's no way it's not. It's I I knew every one liner as it was coming, but they were still hilarious. Yeah, like just it's not it's it's nowhere near you know a perfect movie, but it is such an enjoyable movie. If mm-hmm. if what you're looking for is just balls to the wall ridiculous action and ridiculous one liners, like this is. Obviously, it's not the best Schwarzenegger movie. There are much better Schwarzenegger movies than this. Like I would count, you know, as as favorites. But I feel like this is the quintessential Schwarzenegger movie, mm-hmm. where it's like if you want to see Schwarzenegger's entire film career wrapped up in one movie, it's this. Like it's got the ridiculous action. Mm-hmm. It's the ridiculous one-liners. This is is, is this is like the crib notes of Schwarzenegger's career. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, double butter for all the round. What a, what a lot of fun this movie was. And, I agree. And I was really happy when you picked it. Cause I'm like, this is a slam dunk. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, you know what? We've had a lot of stress going on in our lives just with moving and getting everything ready. And I just wanted to enjoy a fun movie to watch. And I'm glad this is what I picked. So darling. Yes. Speaking of, there's a lot of stress in our lives, and I just wanted to watch something I knew I was going to enjoy mm-hmm. and have a good time. What are we watching next week? Yeah, so next week, we will be taking a look at a hard-boiled detective story where our hard-boiled detective is trying to figure out who framed Roger Rabbit. It's <laughs> oh, in the storage unit. Yeah, <laughs> but it's on Disney+. Plus. I've oh, okay, then it's fine. I've already checked. there was a part of me that wanted to be like he's looking for his brother's killer and when the killer sounded just like this well you just did it (laughs) well the thing was is that it's the movie's not about finding his brother's killer he just happens to find his brother's killer in it so so it would have been funny it would have been but yes so there you go who framed roger rabbit will be next week's episode so look forward to that for next week but for this episode of burn popcorn i am mike I'm Laura. And we'll talk to you guys again. Assume. Bye.